It's Friday, June 30th. Do you know what day it is? It's today. It's sports betting. Hello and welcome to the end of the work week. The start of a long weekend, whether it's a July 1st holiday up here in Canada or a July 4th weekend in the States. A fun weekend ahead for everybody. The first big long weekend of the summer and lots of baseball to cover. But before we get to that, I'm your host, Doug Reed. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed three, four. Always happy to get feedback, comments, thoughts. And if you can go to your podcast provider and rate and review the show, it would greatly help me and help our crew here at Sports Ethos get more eyeballs, more coverage. And if you haven't already, go to our website, sportsethos.com. A ton of information um, on all sports whether you're into wagering, whether you're into fantasy sports, DFS. And if you're a fantasy football player, we've got a fantasy draft guide out, which is fantastic. Fantastic. Breaks down the players, breaks down the depth charts. It's, I think it's incredible and a very reasonable price. So go to sportsethos.com and you can find that there. Before we get into the slate, fall 15 Major League Baseball games as we head into the long weekend. Can do a little this day in sports history. Birthdays today for June 30th. Mike Tyson, the boxer, turns 57. Chan Ho Park, who I think was, if not the, I think it was the first Korean Major League Baseball player, if not the first, certainly the first to made a um, major mark on the game, turns 50 today. And Michael Phelps turns 38. Michael Phelps, the owner of 23 Olympic gold medals. I would say the best swimmer of all time. Not that I'm a big swimmer. Um, well, I was a lifeguard when I was a kid, but not that I'm a big historian in swimming records. But without doubt, the best swimmer of all time. 23 Olympic gold medals. That's incredible. Mr. Phelps is 38 today. A few notable events in history on this date, June 30th. In 1982, the New Jersey Devils in the NHL were named the Devils. Uh, they had moved from Colorado, the former Rockies. And yes, the Colorado is a team, now the Avalanche. And they have a baseball team called the Rockies. But their NHL hockey team was originally the Colorado Rockies. And they moved to New Jersey, named the Devils by a fan balloting process, which is interesting. And I never knew this, but the name Devils comes from the legend of the Jersey Devil, a creature that allegedly inhabited the Pine Barrens of South Jersey. So how about that? There is a little history behind why they are the New Jersey Devils. 1988, the city of Chicago agrees to build a new stadium so the White Sox won't move to Florida. And thankfully, they didn't. They've got a pretty good history there. Uh, won a World Series in the nine, um, I think it was late 90s, maybe early 2000s, they won a World Series. But interesting that um, they were about to move to Florida and they got a new park to replace the old Comiskey Park. Fast forward to 1993. Chris, Chris Weber is the number one draft pick into the NBA out of Michigan. And he was drafted to Orlando, but traded to Golden State. Most of his credit was spent in Sacramento, but traded to the Warriors just after the draft. In 2002, Brazil beats Germany 2-0 in the World Cup to win their fifth World Cup. Um, I think that is still the record for World Cups. 
In 2013, Nathan McKinnon is the number one draft pick to the Colorado Avalanche, who ends up leading them to a Stanley Cup, what, a couple years ago? Uh, I think one of the best players uh, in the NHL right now. Certainly, Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby is the best over the last 10, 12 years. Uh, Connor McDavid is probably the best right now. But Nathan McKinnon, I think, is right there with McDavid. Uh, he is a game changer when he's healthy. He is an unbelievable player. But anyways, uh, 10 years ago today, he was drafted number one by the Avalanche. 2019, the Brooklyn Nets, in the first day, day of free agency, signed Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and DeAndre Jordan. How'd that work out for them? A bit of a joke. Um, one nothing. Whole pile of drama. Both guys traded. DeAndre Jordan never really worked out. And um, just the Brooklyn Nets being the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, a franchise that had a good run, certainly in the 90s and early 2000s, um, but never really gotten over the hump. And those signings, I remember those, everybody's like, oh, this is this is the, the next LeBron uh, show kind of thing. The three big stars, two big stars and two and a half stars kind of coming together and they're going to win multiple championships and contend. And oh my gosh, what a train wreck that ended up being. And not sure either of those guys, Katie or Kyrie, will ever return to glory. Just too much drama and too much crap around them already. Already heard uh, Kyrie's looking to get traded out of Dallas and Katie doing his KD, KD things in Phoenix. So not really sure they'll ever return to glory, but I do remember that in 2019, they were thought to be the next big thing, and they're going to lead uh, the Nets to the championship. Never even got close. So going to take a quick break, and then we're going to hit the diamond for lots of baseball on this Friday. First game of the night, in, or first game of the night, first game of the afternoon at 2.20 in the East is in Chicago, where the Cubbies host the Cleveland Guardians. And you can get the uh, DraftKings, you can get the Cubbies at minus 155 and the Road Guardians plus 135. Now we see the line of FanDuel, home Cubbies minus 155, Guardians plus 139, but no total or run line. So when I look on, sorry, DraftKings, when I look at FanDuel, I get total here at nine, just to the under at minus 122. And you can get the home Cubbies at plus 126 on the run line. Not really sure I'm on either side here. Actually, I'm not yet. Um, for Cleveland, you get Kyle Quantrill, the righty on the hill, 59 in the third innings, 5.61 ERA, 1.42 whip. Uh, for the Cubbies, you get Justin Steele, 79 innings, 2.62 ERA, 1.06 whip, and doing quite well. I think the angle here is Cleveland is not great against lefties. Not great in general, but uh, the triple slash line, 237 batting average, 2030 against lefties, 305 on base, 27th, and a slugging of 373. Sorry, on base, 305 is 25th, slugging 373 is 27th, and their WRC plus is just 88, 12% below league average, and that is 26th. So I actually like the under at at nine, uh, minus 122 is a little steep. So obviously that's moving um, down. I would say if you can grab the nine at like minus 115, I would look at that. Uh, I think Steele should be able to limit the Guardians because Guardians offense struggles. 
And I'm not, I haven't really been a big backer uh, this year of the Cubbies offense either. Decent, but not great. So I would look to the under nine, but really uh, a no play for me anywhere on this game. Next game in Cincinnati, 5-10 in the East. We have the Reds hosting the Padres. You can get the home Reds at plus 120 as the underdog. The road Padres minus 140. Total here is 11. Juice the under at minus 115. You can get the Padres on the run line at plus 110. Starting four, San Diego the ready. Uh, Seth Lugo, 51 and two-thirds innings, 4.01 ERA and a 1.32 whip but also 4.19 expected ERA. Uh, so under, underperforming that, but a 3.77 fit. So perhaps been a little unlucky, kind of average those out. I think he's kind of doing what is expected. Graham Ashcraft, the ready for the Reds, 6-9 innings, 7.17 ERA, just 52 strikeouts, 1.67 whip. Kind of hard to succeed when you're giving up 1.6 base runners per inning. However, its expected ERA is much lower, 5.82, so around a half, approximately lower, and a FIP of 5.55, so even better than that. Uh, not a fan of Ashcraft, but uh, the way the Padres have been going lately when and the way the Reds have been going lately, kind of two teams in opposite directions. Uh, the Reds are tied for first in the NL Central, 7-3 in their last 10. And the Padres are in fourth place, 10 and a half games behind the Arizona Diamondbacks, two and eight in their last 10, lost five in a row. Now, I think Cincinnati's, uh, I think San Francisco, or San Francisco, I think San Diego's a better team, um, but they're basically, what, six games worse than the Reds uh, right now. And at plus 120, I think the Reds might be the play. I can't really get behind Ashcraft. When I look where the money's coming in, not a lot. There seems to be a huge lean to the Reds' run line. So you can get the Reds plus one and a half on the run line at minus 130. And right now I'm seeing like 99, 90% of the bets and 93% of the money on that. So obviously not a lot of probably action coming into that. But um, laying 140 with the Padres, the way they've been struggling, and especially in Great American Ballpark where anything can happen, I'm not a fan of. I like Lugo over Ashcraft, uh, so I might lean towards the Reds at plus 120, but probably stay away from me. If anything, I lean towards the Reds at plus 120. Not going to drop one, minus 130 on the Reds uh, run line, even though it's plus one and a half. And the total 11, juice to the under at minus 115. And probably I would lean there, but you never know in Cincinnati. It is the best home run hitting park in the majors, I think. Um, I think it's even better than Colorado for actual home runs. And Ashcraft can give up a lot of runs, but San Diego's just been struggling in general. Picked up a little bit lately, but struggling in general. So I think a lean towards the Reds plus 120, but not really a play here for me on either side. At 6-5 in East in Philadelphia, the Phillies host the Washington Nationals. You can get the home Phillies at minus 175 and the road Nats at plus 150. Total here is nine, juicy over at minus 115. And for Philadelphia, you get Christopher Sanchez making just his fourth start. 13 to third innings, 4.05 ERA, 1.05 whip. Kind of irrelevant uh, to really get a feel for him. 
Josiah Gray, on the other hand, goes for the Nationals, 89 to third innings, 3.43 ERA, 1.40 whip. And a couple interesting things here. Uh, now, Gray has outperformed his peripheral. So his expected area is 4.32, so almost a full point worse. And his FIP is 4.78, so even worse than that. However, his home and away splits have been quite substantial. Uh, on the road, he has at home is a 5.17 ERA, on the road a 2.48 ERA. And his whip at home, 1.6 basically, on the road 1.3. So pitching much better, six starts at home, 10 on the road. Pitching much better on the road. And at plus 150, I think I lean toward the Nationals here. Not on it yet, um, but I think I like the Nats here. And for another reason, the Nats hit lefties really well. You know, everybody thinks the Nationals are one of the worst teams in baseball, but against lefties, which Christopher Sanchez is, um, the Nationals have a 281 batting average, fourth best in baseball, a 341 on base, fifth best. A 425 slugging, 11th best. And the WRC Plus is 107, which is also 11th best. Now, the flip side of that is, is the Phillies obviously hit righties well. Uh, 261 batting average, 7th best. 331 slugging, sorry, 331 on base, which is 8th best. And 410 slugging, or 13th best. And a WRC Plus of 101, which is 14th best. So, good offense, obviously, for Philadelphia. But I just think getting plus 150, Josiah Gray is a much better pitcher on the road. And Christopher Sanchez has only made three starts. Um, a couple, well, made, made two starts recently. One back in April. His last start against the Mets was not very good. He's a lefty. The Nats hit lefties well. Maybe uh, uh, look to the first five. The number's not up yet. Uh, but maybe look to the Nats on the first five. Because I think they can get to Sanchez for a couple runs. And Gray's been pitching better on the road. So, Plus 150 on the Nationals' money line is definitely a hard lean. And maybe if you can get the Nats, Nationals are going to be plus money for sure uh, on a first five. So if you can get them at like plus, I don't know, plus 120, plus 130, I think that's the play. Because if, if Gray can pitch well on the road like he usually does and the Nats' bats can get to the lefty Sanchez, I think they could score some runs and probably cash that first five little risky taking them on the full game, but a plus 150, that is a pretty healthy price. So I would look there as well. 7-5 in East. We have Minnesota in Baltimore to play the Orioles. Basically a coin flip, minus 110 on the, both sides. Total is 8.5, slightly juiced on DraftKings to the over. Some money coming in on the over, which is a little surprising. I would probably lean to the under here. For Minnesota... You have the righty Pablo Lopez, 96 innings, 4.41 ERA, 1.16 whip. Great start, slowed down, and picked it up in early June, but it's struggled since. Um, 4.41 ERA, but it's a 3.11 expected ERA and 3.2 on FIP. So definitely a victim of some bad luck. Dean Kramer, on the other hand, for Baltimore, the righty. 8-3 record, very impressive. <laughs> 88 innings, 4.5 ERA, 1.36 whip. And he has been the opposite. 4.5 ERA, 5.71 expected ERA, and a 4.88 whip. So he has uh, definitely outperformed his numbers. I lean towards Baltimore here, uh, especially at the even money. I don't see the splits really coming a whole lot in. Um, money's coming in on Baltimore, 71% of the bets, 74% of the money. So not, huge money's not really on them. Uh, and I lean Baltimore, just, just a better team, uh, better offense, 
And I think Lopez is a better pitcher, but he's also been hit around a little bit more lately. Uh, trying to pull up what he's done recently. Yeah, he's given up three or more earned runs in five of his last six starts. Last outing at Detroit, six innings, three earned runs, a walk, and 10 strikeouts. Very impressive. Prior to that against Boston, five and two-thirds, six hits, four earned runs. Prior to that against Milwaukee, six innings, four hits, three earned runs. At Tampa, seven innings, five hits, just one earned run. Impressive outing. Prior to that against the weak-hitting Guardians of Cleveland at home, five and two-thirds, eight hits, six earned runs. Uh, before that, at home against Toronto, five and two-thirds, five hits, four earned runs. He has definitely slowed down, and I just like the Baltimore offense uh, more than Minnesota. They're both hitting right, righties about a little, little above league average, and I just think in Baltimore, um, a run-suppressing park, especially for right-handed power, um, I like Baltimore Minus 110, decent price. You're going to wait and see where that moves. And no real no real heavy lean, but I guess I kind of lean Baltimore here. Eight and a half. I like the under. I don't think either team are going to put up a lot, of, a lot of runs. It's at minus 115, so money's coming in on the over here. And I could see if it moves to nine, I would definitely be on the under. That would probably be the play. If it gets up to nine, I would be on the under in this game. Otherwise, slightly into Baltimore on the money line, but no real play. 705 in the East, we have the Pirates hosting the Brewers. The Pirates, fresh off a sweep of the San Diego Padres, run three straight games. Prior to that, though, they're 113 in their last 14, so I'm not buying the comeback here on Pitt, although the market is. The home Pirates, plus 120 in the money line. Uh, obviously the underdog, but the Brewers, minus 140. And I still think that's a little overvalued for the Pirates, although I am seeing... 40% of the bets coming in, 65% of the money on the Pirates. And I think it's a value play at, at getting plus money uh, going against Brewers and Freddie, Freddie Peralta, but I'm not buying the Pirates' researches. On the hill for the Brewers. Uh, sorry, total here is 8.5, juice to the over at minus 115. On the hill for the Brewers, Freddie Peralta, 81 and a third innings, 4.65 ERA, 1.33 whip. Osvaldo Beto. In, I think, his fourth start for Pittsburgh, 15 and two-thirds, 3.45 ERA, 1.47 whip. Hard to really analyze his numbers. Um, but Peralta has been inconsistent at best this year, although he's slightly outperformed with a 4.15 expected ERA versus a 4.65. So half a run better expected ERA, but a 4.68 FIP. So basically right in line with what he's doing, although he's going against Pittsburgh which frankly is not a good offense. I don't care. They just swept uh, San Diego. Uh, I can't really back the Pirates here. Eight and a half in Pittsburgh, bad offense. And they got lean to the under. Although I see on DraftKings, it's minus 105. So money coming in in the over. Maybe wait. If this gets a nine, I would I would look to the under. Uh, I don't think, you know, Proth is a decent, not great pitcher at this stage of his career. But I don't think the Pirates are going to generate a lot of offense. And the Brewers have been very hot and cold. So not buying the Pirates' resurgence. Uh, they started super hot and then went super cold. And I think they're kind of more cold than hot as a team. So not going to back them. But uh, if this number gets a nine, I would definitely look towards the under uh, nine total in this game. 707 in the East, an AL East division battle. 
in Toronto, where the Jays host the Boston Red Sox. The home Jays minus 140 on the money line. The Red Sox plus 120. Total here is nine. Juice to the over at minus 115. So obviously money's coming in here. And I would look to the under if it gets to nine and a half. At nine, I can stay away. But if it gets to nine and a half, I would definitely look to the under. On the hill for Boston, lefty James Paxton, who left his last start early with, I think, back stiffness, but seems to be all right, which is good news. 42 and a third innings, 3.19 ERA, 1.02 whip, 54 strikeouts. Having a good year, uh, which was delayed after uh, extensive injuries over the past couple years. 3.35 expected ERA and a 3.41 FIP, so not too far off uh, his his numbers. Barrio, uh, Jose Barrios, on the other hand, for the Jays, 95 innings, 3.6 ERA, 87 strikeouts, 1.22 uh, whip. He's been hot and cold this year. 4.6 expected ERA, so a full point worse, but just a 3.88 um, fit. So a little bit worse, but not as bad as expected ERA. And he's kind of been hot and cold. His last few outings, when I pull up his game log, uh, against Oakland, six innings, six hits, three runs, but two are earned. Prior to that, at Miami, four innings, eight hits, five earned runs. But before that, he had pitched five straight games where he gave up one earned run, zero, one, zero, one earned run against Tampa, zero against Minnesota, one against the Mets, two against Houston, and zero against Baltimore. So he seemed to right the ship, seemed to figure things out, and then he's kind of uh, struggled against Miami and Oakland, two not very good offenses, frankly, and at Miami as well. So if anything, I back Paxton and the Bosox Sox here, plus 120. Uh, I'm not on it yet, but I'll probably be on Boston at plus 120. Jays are decent against uh, left-handed pitching. Slugging, not great, but batting average 264, which is eighth best. On base, 332, ninth best. And slugging, 394, 22nd best. But they're in, at home in the Rogers Center, which hasn't played like that, like a uh, hitter's park this year. The new dimensions, I don't think they're that big a deal. I think it's more just the Jays' offense has been a little stagnant. But uh, I, I trust Paxson over Berrios. Uh, I think I trust the Jays' pen over the Red Sox' pen right now. But um, at plus 120, kind of a coin flip game for me. And I like Paxson over Berrios. So at plus 120, I would definitely lean towards uh, Boston in this game. Next game is 710 in the East. We go to New York where the Mets host the Giants. You can get the Road Giants minus 125. After losing two or three to the Jays in Toronto, or you can get the home Mets at plus 105 on the money line. Total here is nine, just to the under minus 115. And I'd probably lean towards the under when I look at where the money's coming in on these lines. Oddly enough, um, it's the run line for the Giants, minus one and a half run line, obviously, 49% of the bets, but 90% of the money. Uh, and the run line's plus 135. I'm actually on the Giants. I got it earlier today, minus 120. So, shop around a little. I don't know if I take it at minus 125. Minus 120, if not, I'd maybe pivot to the uh, run line at plus 135 for the road Giants. For the Giants, they send Alex Cobb to Hill the righty. 78 and two-thirds innings, 3.09 ERA, 1.37 whip, but 4.60 expected ERA. So almost a run worse, but just a 3.25 whip. So probably in line with what he has been doing. 
Carrasco, on the other hand, 48 innings, 6.19 ERA. Not good. Just 33 strikeouts, 23 walks, which is brutal. And that's almost a walk every second inning. 1.56 whip. You're not going to succeed very long. Uh, very much in the matrix. He's been around for a while, so he has succeeded for uh, quite a while. But you're not you're not going to excel or last very long, giving up a runner and a half per inning. Now, his 6.19 ERA is matched by a 6.20 expected ERA and a 6.56 FIP. So in line with what he's doing, but those numbers are terrible. Like, they're just brutal. So I like Cobb over Carrasco. I like the Giants, the way they're hitting lately. And bullpens, the Giants' bullpen's been pretty solid. So that's why I was happy to take up minus 120. And considering they're on the road, the run line might not be a bad play. Uh, plus 135. Pretty juicy number there. They both hit right-handed hitting, uh, pitching about league average, a little below league average. So no real numbers to look at there. I just like Cobb over Carrasco. I like the bats of the Giants over the Mets. And I like the way the Giants are playing lately. Great analysis there, Doug. I know. Thanks. Uh, versus the struggling inconsistent Mets. So happy to take them at minus 120, which I got earlier. The next game is off the board for me in Atlanta, where the Braves are hosting the Marlins. Uh, I see Brian Hoyne starting for Miami. 35 innings, 2.31 ERA and a 1.2 whip, so decent numbers. And I think it's off the board because Atlanta's pitcher is TBD, although I do see Michael, don't call me Mike, Soroka, um, going. He's only pitched nine and two-thirds innings, a couple starts. His minor league rehab didn't go that well, although I think his last outing went all right. And no line, no idea where this will come. I got to believe uh, Atlanta's going to come in minus 160, minus 170 on the money line. So probably not a play for me. Um, especially with no line out there. I have no idea how Soroka's going to do. Don't really trust Miami's bats anyways. So not really a game I want to get behind. So I can take a pack. Now we move to the Battle of the Lone Star State. The AL West leading Texas Rangers with the fifth best record in baseball. Host their in-state rivals, the Houston Astros, who everybody thought would win the AL West. And, and all the early season pundits had the LA Angels maybe next, not Texas. So get on the Rangers. They're looking fantastic. Anyways, the Rangers come in minus 155 on the money line. The Astros plus 135. Totally is nine, just the over and minus 115. If anything, I'd probably lean to the under. I think this is kind of a low-key good pitching matchup. On the bump, just to step back there. The AL West right now, the Texas Rangers... Uh, 49 to 32, 605 uh, winning percentage there. Five games up on Houston, and just and six games up on the Angels. Having a great year, five and five recently, but having a great year. I think it went two and two in, in uh, Detroit, which is a bit of a surprise, but regardless, doing well. And I don't see it slowing down. Um, their pitching stepped up. Jacob Degrom is out for the year. It sounds like. Maybe late in the season, but a lot of guys stepped up like John Gray. Welcome to getting outside of Colorado. And John uh, John Gray, starter for the Rangers, comes in. 81 innings, 2.89 ERA, 1.05 whip, 69 strikeouts. Never been a huge strikeout guy, but a 1.05 whip is impressive. Now, 
Everybody's crying for regression for Mr. Gray. 2.89 ERA, but a 4.17 expected ERA and a 4.32 FIP. So obviously he has been uh, the benefit of some good luck. A bad luck of 239. That is not going to continue. However, Houston's depleted. Not sure their lineup, uh, especially with um, Jordan Alvarez out, is all that powerful. All that, all, all that. Uh, I mean, the top half of the lineup is definitely uh, pretty good, but they lack the depth. And what's interesting with Gray though is his home road splits. I don't really look a lot into this unless it's um, a, a substantial difference. And on the game level, he has pitched seven home games, seven aways. Two and two in the road, 3.79 ERA. Four and one at home, 1.99 ERA. 40 and a third innings on the road, 40 and two thirds innings at home. So basically, exact same. His whip on the road, 1.22. His home whip, 0.89. Pitch much better at home. Much better. I think they have the better offense. Minus 155. I can't really back him there. And I don't really like going on a run line against the Astros, but the run line's plus 125 home team. If anything, I would kind of look towards that. I think Blanco uh, can be had. Uh, 4.63 area, but 5.14 expected area and a 5.76 fit. Now, he's only pitched 35 innings, so he's a young kid coming up. And he could be in tough, I think, against Texas. Big series. Early in the year, you don't really think these are big series. But, you know, it's an in-state rival battle for the uh, NL West, or AL West, pardon me. And I like Houston. Sorry, I like Texas. I can't. I just can't lay 155. And maybe, maybe be on the um, Texas run line. That's that's my lean for the game. Probably not on it, but that's my lean uh, for the game at this time. Next game is the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, where the Rockies host the Detroit Tigers. The favorite Tigers. On the road, minus 115. The home Rockies, minus 105. Total here is 11.5. Choose both ways to minus 110. For the Tigers, they start Michael Lorenzen. 77 innings, 3.97 ERA, 58 strikeouts, and 1.16 whip. So impressive there. Not a lot of strikeouts. Pitch to contact kind of guy, but doing well. Austin Gomer, the lefty, starts for the Rockies. 77 innings, 7.01 ERA, 1.61 whip. Brutal numbers. I just struggle with this game in Colorado. I don't know how to break it down. Lorenzo's had a good year, but he's going to Colorado. Um, Detroit's bats aren't great, but Gomber's been brutal. Just brutal all year. So stay away from me. Um, If anything, maybe lean towards the Tigers. When I look at where the money's coming in, there's not a lot of indications of anything uh, one way or the other. Can't really take an over here. Yeah, it's Colorado. But um, neither bats, neither team's bats are all that great. So stay away. Anything, if anything, I lean towards Detroit uh, um, at minus one fifteen. Next game, eight ten in the East in Kansas City, where the Royals are hosting the Dodgers. You can get the Road Dodgers minus two ten, minus two ten. The home Royals plus one eighty. Total here is nine and a half. Juice to the over at minus one fifteen. 
the Dodgers sent young Bobby Miller, who has had a good start to his career, um, to the hill. Just trying to pull up his numbers here. 32 and two-thirds innings, 4.13 ERA, 1.29 whip. Uh, hit hard, I think, last game, but had a good start. And the Royals send Alec Marsh, who I think it's his MLB debut. He hasn't pitched at all this year, so really hard to even give you an angle here. Minus 210, I can't back the Dodgers. On the run line, minus 135, can't back the Dodgers. Total 9.5 in Kansas City. If anything, I would lean towards the under, just because um, – Miller's pitched well, and I'm not really sure that uh, Casey's going to put up much of a fight, put up many runs. But do the Dodgers get six or seven runs against Marsh? Who knows? So basically a no play for me. I know I've had a few of these tonight, but um, in Kansas City, bad team, bad offense, pitcher unknown. If anything, lean to the under, uh, 9.05, thinking that Miller can slow down the Royals, a new pitcher, Maybe a challenge for the Dodgers, but with their lineup, the depth, uh, I'm not really sure there's a whole lot of challenge pitchers that can really challenge them and slow them down. So stay away from me. If anything, I would lean to the under at uh, nine and a half runs. We go to St. Louis for the battle of two very historic franchises. The Yankees are in town to play the cards. You can get both teams at basically minus 110 uh, coin flip. Total here is nine and a half, juice to the under at minus one twenty. I don't see a whole lot of money coming in either way. Um, a little more money coming in on the Yankees on the money line. Seventy-seven percent of the bets, eighty-nine percent of the money. Um, if anything, I lean towards the Yankees, but my God, their offense has been terrible. Without Judge in the lineup, they are horrific. And St. Louis is Matthew Libertor, who's been brutal. Don't know what, what way to go here. Yankees start Luis Severino, the righty. 36 innings, 5.28 ERA, 1.6 whip. He has definitely struggled. And his expected ERA is 6.49. So 1.2 runs worse. Uh, it fit 5.8. So 0.65 runs worse. Uh, so he has actually outperformed his numbers this year. Then we go to Matthew Libertor, the lefty, 27 and a third innings, 5.6 ERA, uh, zero ERA, and a 1.65 whip. And he's outperformed as well. Expected ERA, 7.22, run and, a run and a half worse. His FIP is 4.77, so you could argue there he should be um, a victim of bad luck. But I don't think so. He started uh, six six games this year. His first game back in May against Milwaukee. Very good outing. I remember he got called up. Everybody said, why isn't this guy up? Their pitching staff has been brutal. He throws five innings, three hits, no runs, three walks, six strikeouts. Ah, oh, there we go. This is what we need. And then brutal. Through an inning of relief, got rocked for two innings against two runs against Dodgers at Cleveland. Weak hitting Cleveland, five innings, five hits, four earned runs at Texas. Granted, good offense, four innings, seven hits, five runs, four earned. Versus San Francisco, seven hits, six innings, seven hits, two earned runs at the Mets. Not a great offense, four hits, four innings, four hits, five earned runs, and then more recently at the Cubbies, just two and a third, four hits. Four runs, none were earned, four runs, two walks, and three strikeouts. Uh, he hasn't done anything. Like, 
he hasn't got more than uh, he's got more than 90 pitches just once, but not in his last four outings. I don't know what to think here. I mean, the Yankees are not great against lefties and not terrible, but they're kind of bottom third in the league against lefties. But Libertor has just been brutal. Walking too many guys, 14 walks in 27 and third innings, not striking out enough, 21 strikeouts in 27 innings. And not really sure that he, he will be able to shut down the Yankees. But on the other hand, the Yankees offense has been so damn brutal. Don't know what way to go here. Uh, the cards are favored, minus 115 in the money line versus minus 105 for the Yanks. So kind of a stay away from me because just too many question marks. Libertor is bad. Yankees lineup's bad. Uh, St. Louis has been inconsistent. Don't know what way to go. Not going to lean to the over. Um, money coming in on the Yankees money line. Although it opened at minus 115, it's down to minus 105. It's a little reverse line movement there. Not really sure what's going on there. If anything, maybe I'd lean towards the Yanks money line, but um, no real play for me here. Next, we go to Los Angeles, where the Angels are hosting the Arizona Diamondbacks. You can get the Angels at minus 145 in the money line, the D-backs plus 125. Total is 9.5. Juice the under minus 115. If anything, I would definitely... Take well, I would take the under here. Uh, I think decent pitching matchup, although most people think Henry hasn't been doing that well. I think he's been doing all right. So on the hill for Arizona, lefty Tommy Henry, 6-2 and two-thirds, 4.31 ERA, 1.37 whip. Comes in, though, with a 4.12 expected ERA, 5.44 fit. But when you look at his actual games, he hasn't pitched I don't think that poorly. Last game out against Washington, six and two-thirds. Now, he's a lefty, and Washington hits lefties well. Six and two-thirds, seven innings, just one hit. Sorry, seven hits, just one earn around, a walk and five strikeouts. Proud of that against Cleveland. Weak hitting offense, six innings, seven hits, two earned runs. Against Philly before that, four and two-thirds, nine hits, uh, five earned runs. Against Washington again, four and a third, five hits, five earned runs. Um... Prior to that, shut down Colorado, no big deal. And then it was uh, in relief against Boston. But before that, three of his four starts only gave up two earned runs. So he's not a dominant pitcher, and L.A. hits lefties fairly well. So I do like the Angels, but uh, he's been keeping the D-backs in games, and the D-backs have been a very good team, very good hitting team. Against lefties, the Angels come in at, Seventh best batting average at uh, 264. Uh, the sixth best on base percentage at 336. And a slugging of 434, which puts them seventh best. So, top seven in the league against lefties. They're at home. Um, they should do well. But Henry has been kind of, I don't want to say sneaky good, but he's been decent. Griffin Canning on the other side. I've always liked Griffin Canning from a fantasy aspect. Uh, he's got good stuff. He just tends to, I think, walk too many guys sometimes. And he seems to be getting that under control a little more. 65 and a third innings, 3.99 ERA, uh, just 17 walks, 62 strikeouts, and a 1.16 um, whip. So he's definitely... Uh, he's kind of been doing his usual Griffin Canning things. You know, he, 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 he shows flashes of brilliance, but he can never go deep in games. It's always, been, I think, been, been a knock on him. 
3.99 ERA comes in with a 4.00 expected ERA, so right on right in line, 4.53 FIPS, a little little higher. Um, but Arizona's been hitting well uh, and doing well all year long. So if anything, I can't back the Angels at minus 145. I would lean to the under at minus 115, and I maybe even lean to the uh, the D backs plus 125. Um, they've just kind of been. I I don't know how. They're leading the NOS, but they've been flying under the radar. You know, they're two and a half games up in the Dodgers, two and a half games up in the Giants, 40 and 48 and 34. They have the time for the second best. How about this? Who would have thought this at the start of the year? <laughs> tied for the second best record in the National League. And who are they tied with? The Miami Marlins. So the Braves are in first, first best record in the NL East. 53 and 27, 663. The next best records in the NLL and the NL are 48 and 34. Miami Marlins, second in the East, in the Arizona Diamondbacks, first by two and a half games in the West. Wow. Anyways, uh, D backs been doing well, five and five in their last uh, 10, but they've been doing well. Uh, I think they can get a few runs uh, at plus 125. I think there's more value there than minus 145 with the Angels. So I would lean towards the D-backs and lean towards the under. The next game I don't have a line on is Chicago White Sox at Oakland. And 940 in the East, we have Tanner Banks, the lefty for uh, the White Sox, just 18 innings, 4.5 ERA, 1.17. And on the flip side for Oakland, we have Luis Medina, the righty, 48 and two-thirds, uh, 6.84 ERA, 1.62. Don't have a line. Got to assume uh, Chicago's going to come in minus 120, minus 130 favorite. Can't really back the White Sox against anybody, but can't really back the A's against anybody. They had their little hot streak uh, a couple weeks ago. They've come back down to earth and stay away from me. Don't really know enough again about Banks. Well, I know enough about him, but I don't really have a good feel. And Medina has struggled against everybody. So I would definitely lean towards uh, the White Sox, but depending on what the price is. Uh, and I imagine this total will probably be in Oakland, I'm going to say about a nine, eight and a half, nine. So stay away from me. Last game, interesting pitching matchup in Seattle where the Mariners host the Rays. The road raise minus 135 on the money line. The home Mariners plus 115. Total here is 7.5. Juice the under minus 120. If anything, I'll lean the over. Uh, I see <clears throat> right now on the over to open at 7. It's at 7.5. 72% of the bets and 85% of the money coming in on the over. So uh, uh, the bigger money coming in on the over. And Jamie Clanahan coming back for Tampa. Missed a couple starts. 11-1 in the year. 93 innings. 2.23 ERA. 1.12 whip and 100 strikeouts. Bryce Miller, the young ready. 56 and two-thirds innings. 3.88 ERA. 0.97 whip. So that's a pretty impressive number, especially for you. And we wrap up the night in Seattle with Tampa Bay in town. You can get the road race at minus 135 on the money line. The home Mariners at Plus 135. Total here is 7.5. Juicy under minus 120. And I'm actually on the raise run line here. You can get it at plus 130. Road team, much better offense, and much better pitcher. So I'm on the road raise on the money line to win by 
basically two runs plus 130. Jamie Clanahan, the lefty, is back on the hill for Tampa. 93 innings here, 2.23 ERA, 1.12 whip, 100 strikeouts. Fantastic year. Uh, maybe due for a little regression, 3.73 expected ERA, so 1.4, uh, sorry, 1.1 uh, and a half runs worse, 3.65 FIP. He got beat up a couple times before he went in the DL, I think, not beat up, hit around a little. Uh, Bryce Miller, the young righty, who has looked good, but not as dominant as McClanahan, 50, obviously 55 and two-thirds inning, 3.88 ERA, 0.97 WHIP, which is impressive. Uh, comes in with 4.12 ERA, but a 3.38 WHIP, so a little higher than expected ERA and about half run lower on the FIP. Now, the thing is, um, I like McClanahan better than almost any pitcher, definitely better than Miller, young guy, been doing well, but how do these teams hit against the opposing pitcher's handedness. So Miller is a righty. Tampa hits righties pretty damn, pretty damn well. 261 batting average, six in the majors. 338 on base, the best in the majors. 455 slugging, the best in the majors. 125 WRC plus, the best in the majors. So 25% better than the average team in the majors against righties is Tampa. Flip that around. How does Seattle hit lefties? McClanahan is not just a lefty, but one of the best lefties in baseball. Batting average, 241, 24th in the league. In 302 on-base percentage, 26th. 388 slugging, 24th. WRC plus of 96 against lefties, 20th. Tampa hits righties great. Miller's a righty. Seattle does not hit Lefties well. McClanahan's lefty. I like McClanahan. Minus 135 in the money line. A little steep for me. Uh, not, not so much a little steep. Just not a lot of value. I think a plus 130 shop around if you can get, a, get that even better. I think there's some value there. I like Tampa to win. And frankly, I just like Tampa or McClanahan to be able to shut down the, uh, the, the Mariners lineup. And if the racing scratch costs three, four runs, I think there's a good chance they cover this run line. Maybe also look for the Mariners team total under if it comes out at, oh, what's going to come out at? Maybe two and a half, three. Yeah, two and a half is a little steep, a little low. Comes out at three, three and a half, maybe look there. Uh, but I think McLean and could pitch well, have a good game. And I like them to be able to cover the run line. So I know not a lot of plays. Got that Tampa run line. Um, couple other plays I like, definite leans for me, and hopefully you can get some good feels, some good ideas. Hopefully you can win some money. Hopefully we can all win some money, and hopefully we can have a good day heading into the long weekend in sports betting. <laughs>